Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 65 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and in today's episode, I'll be announcing my upcoming thru-hike. And as part of this, I'm going to go through and talk about my reasons for doing a long-distance multi-week hike, why I picked the trail that I did over other Australian long-distance trails, which we discussed in episode 64, the timing of my trip, and an overview of my logistics and the things that I need to consider before I go. This will be the first of a series of podcasts on long-distance hikes that I'll be releasing over the coming months in my lead-up to the trip, uh, with information that will also equally apply to shorter trails, whatever the distance. Now first, the big announcement. On the 9th of August 2018, I'll be commencing my end-to-end through-hike of the Bibbulmun Track in Western Australia. As I mentioned, in episode 64, we provided a brief overview of Australia's main long-distance trails, but just to refresh your memory, the Bibbulmun Track is 1,003 kilometres, or 623 miles, uh, and the trail runs from Albany on the southern western Australian coast uh, at one end, and goes through to Kalamunda on the outskirts of Perth on the other end. Now, I think the obvious question is, why on earth would you want to do a thousand kilometre hike, except to get away from me for a little while, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay. I suppose for me, there's a few reasons uh, that, that really, um, for me doing going through and doing this trip. Firstly, it's a personal challenge. Uh, and I've mentioned in previous episodes, probably um, my biggest competitor, uh, or I see myself, my biggest competitor as being myself. Uh, and this trip I see as a chance to push myself physically to see what I'm capable of. And I think for a lot of people, they have a desire to achieve something, whether it's children, family, work, or whatever. Uh, And for me, doing a long-distance hike is something I've always wanted to do. My other reason is probably because I have a love of nature, uh, and my initial training, if you like, was in horticulture, so I spent a lot of my time outdoors. Um, I have also spent a lot of time around the ocean, uh, and in some respects, the Bibbulmun Track allows me to get the best of these, uh, having sections of the trail uh, that cover ocean as well as uh, some spectacular bush in the Western Australian uh, outback. Now, you do know you can drive to places, (laughs) don't you? (laughs) And you can see the ocean, and you can go for a walk, and then you can come back, but... We won't go there. Um, so why the Bibbulmun Track? Okay. Um, this long-distance walk has been in the planning since around about December 2014. And and at that time, um, probably the catalyst for me was um, uh, reading about some long-distance trails in our local newspaper. And funnily enough, it wasn't something like the Pacific Crest Trail or the Appalachian Trail in the States. It was actually the uh, one of the Cana- shorter Canadian trails. It was about 90 kilometres long. Uh, and this just inspired me to want to go through and do a long hike uh, and 
admittedly, it wasn't necessarily going to be a thousand kilometres at that stage. But what it did do was uh, was push me into uh, researching Australia's long distance hiking trails, researching available equipment, and researching into myself and my own abilities, as well as trying to work out what sort of experience I wanted. And this narrowed down my choice to two of the, the long Australian trails, the Bibbulmun Track in Western Australia uh, and the Hayson Trail uh, or Hyson Trail in South Australia. And somewhere in my walk logic, the extra 200 kilometres on the Hyson Trail just meant an extra week of walking. Both of these trails have issues with bushfires, so I've actually been co-planning these trails for the last two and a half years and really only made my final decision two weeks ago at the end of the Western Australian bushfire season. And I just wanted to go through and see how the bushfire season on the Bibbulmun Track went this year, because we have had some bad years over the last few years. And and while one of the on-trail huts burnt down this past summer, uh, the trail came through the uh, the bushfire season and, and the heat of summertime in reasonably good condition. I also wanted a range of landscapes, and while both these trails provided this, ultimately um, it was the Bibbulmun Track that I uh, they opted for. So how long is it going to take you? How many weeks? Um, time-wise, I've allowed six weeks uh, off work to go through and do this trip. Um, I'm planning on doing the trip in five weeks, um, but I've just given myself the additional week just in case, and, you know, in case of injuries, in case I miscalculate how much travelling I think I can do in a day, um, and or just in case of adverse, adverse weather conditions that might slow me down. So uh, five to six, five weeks, but six weeks just in case. And I think one of the obvious questions, Tim, is so how long have you been alone on a on a walking track before? <laughs> Not very long, in all yeah. honesty. Uh, and I think this is one of the things with uh, with long distance hikes. The Bibbulmun Track, um, the hiking season for people doing the Bibbulmun Track really tends to be in the cooler months of the year. So from around about April through to about the end of October. So I will expect to see people on a reasonably regular basis. Uh, and while I'm sure I'll have days where I won't come across anybody, I think there'll be a, a number of days where I will actually come across other hikers on the trail, doing either the whole trail or just doing sections of the trail um, uh, or even just do a day or two on the trail as a weekend sort of thing. And I think those those are the days that um, uh, people on the trail need to watch out because Tim will be desperate for company <laughs> and for conversation and he'll, he'll seek you out. So maybe just uh, um, a, a little bit of patience, I think. I think for me, I, I tend to be an individual that tends to uh, – uh, uh, I suppose have two extremes, if you like. I like the, the the company of others, but I also like to be by myself. So um, it'll be interesting to see how I go. But um, as I said, I don't expect to see nobody on this trail. I, I will be seeing people on a fairly regular basis. And why did you choose August? Okay. Um, there are a number of factors that, that built into the timing for this. Firstly, um, taking six weeks leave uh, off work. It took me a while to build up. Uh, and this actually allowed me to build up the time that I needed. Um, I also had other work commitments, which I knew were were going to limit when I could actually go through and get out and hike. Uh, and certainly um, that period between the uh, July school holiday or June July school holidays and the uh, September October school holidays just worked out well from a work perspective. 
the other thing for me is uh, I also have a background in horticulture and landscape architecture, um, and I love wildflowers. Um, so while it's always a bit of a gamble in with Western Australia, it really depends on the weather conditions at the time. We could have an early wildflower season, could have a late wildflower season. Uh, and I think the timing just seemed to fit in that I will still, I will see uh, at least some of the wildflower season in Western Australia. So that's probably the reason why I picked that time of the year. The the other perspective as well is um, while I could have potentially done this a bit later, I prefer to hike in cooler weather. Um, uh, and, and while I've actually am comfortable in hiking in conditions uh, in the high 20s into her 30s, I prefer when it's in the mid to late teens uh, in Celsius. Uh, so this was an ideal sort of temperature time for me. So how hot is it going to be while um, you're doing this trail? It's going to be interesting because, I mean, I've, I've seen a number of people who have done write-ups on this track uh, and the, the weather conditions certainly can get down to zero degrees and below, certainly uh, in some areas. I did live in Perth for, uh, uh, for a period um, about 20 years ago uh, and I must admit, what surprised me about living in Perth at that time, coming from Canberra, I wasn't actually expecting the weather to get as cold as it did. Um, and I think, yeah, I left Perth in around about May uh, uh, when I left last time, and we were getting five or six degrees um, during the night time. And I know it does get colder, particularly out in the bush areas. So I'm, I'm probably, I mean, I'm ex- I suppose I'm expecting the weather conditions to be down around the zero degrees. Um, and during the daytime temperatures, anywhere up to sort of 15 to 20 degrees, depending on the, on the, how, how the weather's going. Okay. I think the other thing with Western Australia's weather as well is that um, um, it's, it's a Mediterranean sort of climate. Um, most of the rainfall in Western Australia tends to fall in the, uh, the wintertime. Um, so uh, I am expecting a bit of rain for this track. Uh, and I know over the past couple of years, they have had um, uh, flooding in some areas along the trail. Uh, so it's something I'll need to keep an eye out for. So let's talk logistics. Um, you know, which direction are you going to go? Um, what's your pace, average pace you think you, it's going to be? And how much gear do you think you'll be tra- taking with you? All right. I'm still... Not 100% decided which direction I'm actually going to be heading. Um, I'm leaning towards starting in Albany in the, on the, uh, the southern part of the track and working my way back to Perth. And probably that's for one main reason only, uh, and it's the, it's the same reason we started the Lara Pinta Trail where we did, is from a logistical point of view, for me having to fly back to Canberra at the end of this trip, um, it's going to be easier to do it from Perth uh, if I arrive early or arrive late. I think if I head south uh, and end up in Albany a day or two earlier, a day or two late, or even a week late, um, I've then got to get myself back to Perth and then head back to, uh, to head back to Canberra. Um, so I think, as I said, from my perspective, probably starting in Albany is where I'll go, but I still haven't confirmed that as yet. So you've told us how many weeks. It's um, six weeks max, probably about five five weeks. Um, to do the five weeks, what's the pace that you'll have to keep up? Okay, so my average pace that I'm expecting to walk is 
um, and I do say average here, is around about 32 to 33 kilometres per day. Um, now, that is a lot of distance. Um, I have done those sort of distances for multiple days in the past, but not for five weeks in a row. So, as I said, this is going to be a... Um, a bit of a uh, an indication or a bit of a guessing game here to see whether I can keep it up. I certainly don't have any problem doing those sort of distances. Um, over the last two and a half years, I've been testing myself out to see whether I'm able to do those long distances over multiple days. Uh, and I've certainly done much bigger days than that. My uh, my longest day that I've ever done on on a on a hike with a pack has been 58 kilometres. Now, I certainly wouldn't be able to maintain that for a, an extended period of time. Um, and what I have found with testing myself out and doing the training is that um, in really, I suppose there's a couple of ways to go here. Um, you can either walk slower and walk longer hours, walk faster and walk shorter hours, or somewhere in between. So I think for me, I don't think I'm actually going to be walking at a maximum pace, if you like. I know, I know I'm capable of walking anything up to around about six kilometres an hour, but I, there's no way that I can maintain that for an extended period. So I'm more than likely going to be walking at around about three and a half to four kilometres an hour and walking anything up to sort of 10 hours a day. Okay. Um, now, from my perspective, that seems like a fairly long day for most people. I... Typically, uh, as a matter of course, and have done for probably the last 20 years, I wake up in the morning and get up at around about 4.30. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, Trust me. Um, I also tend to go to bed early when I have the opportunity on the trail. So I'm quite happy to keep on walking until it's basically dark or just on dark, um, break or make camp have dinner, and then go to bed straight away. I don't tend to sit around uh, and, and read or do other things like that. Uh, so um, that gives me probably uh, comfortably um, a 10-hour day uh, without too much problem for me to walk. So in that five five weeks, um, how much gear will you be carrying and, and at any one point in time, um, what's what's the food load that you'll have? Okay, from trails that I've worked at or done over the last couple of years, um, and probably the the most, um, I was going to say the the longest, most uh, most difficult trail, which was would have been say the Overland Track, uh, which was uh, at the beginning of last year. Uh, we were carrying a total of just on seven days worth of food, and my pack was around about fourteen and a half kilos. Now, I'm going through at the moment uh, and trying to, I'm looking at every piece of gear in my pack. And certainly by the time I start this walk, um, with anything up to seven days worth of food, um, three litres of water, and all my gear, I would, would expect a weight somewhere, a maximum of 14 kilos, potentially a bit lighter. Um, as I go through and replace bits of gear, uh, trim out what I don't need. But um, I will actually talk about that and post on that as I get closer to the trip and as I've I, I finalise my gear that I'll actually be carrying. So just to clarify, you you you're not well. It's impossible, I guess, to carry the food that you need for the entire time. So will you have I don't know a week's lot of food or four days or what? What do you think? 
It's going to be a bit of a mixture here. Where there's, there's a number of towns that I'll pass through on the actual track itself. Um, and the ability is to pick up food at the local towns, to mail my food ahead and pick that up from the post office. Or there might be the odd night that I will actually be staying in um, either a, a, ca- a caravan park or a hotel um, just to sort of uh, have a bit of a clean-up. Uh, to charge my batteries from the technology that I'll be carrying uh, because I will actually be podcasting and recording while I'm on the trail. Um, so I will expect to be carrying anything up to around about a seven days maximum of food at a time. Okay, okay. So anything else you th- you'd want to share at this point, Tim? No, I think uh, this is um, – I still have a fair amount of planning to go through and do. Um, uh, realistically, I mean, I only really finalised this track or the, this this specific trail two weeks ago. And in all honesty, um, I'm still looking at potentially doing the uh, the Heisen track just in case. So we will be actually co-planning both tracks as I go uh, just in case the weather does turn out to have a major impact on the track uh, between now and the next couple of months. Uh, but realistically, I fully expect to be doing the Bibbulmun track and don't expect that to change. Um, I have, still have a lot of fine-tuning and fine details to go. I know roughly the sort of distances that I'll be travelling each week. Some weeks I'll be doing just slightly more than 200 kilometres a week. I've got one week that I'll be sitting on around about 160 kilometres, only because of the the locations of the towns um, and the campsites. But again, I still have to fine-tune that to work out exactly what I'm going to be going through and doing. Okay. All right. Well, I I guess um, we'll be looking forward to hearing more as um, as the weeks pass. I suppose one question that, that I suppose I'll ask just from, from a listener's perspective is, is why aren't you doing the trip, Jill? <laughs> I, I think I have um, made it quite clear that two, two weeks is my limit um, and, and for lots of reasons. Um, you know, my feet tend to give out a little bit um, after that time um, but also um, our friend Kelly, who was on the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail with us um, at Christmas, um, we decide that, decided that we'd seek out a nice resort or a, um, a more leisurely holiday together while Tim was doing this. So that sounded like a good reason um, to me to go with my friend instead of my husband. <laughs> And in, and in all fairness, we've already worked out what next year's trip's going to be, um, and that's a three-week trip, a uh, hiking trap, uh, trip in Europe. Uh, but we'll talk more about that uh, as we get a bit closer to that sometime next year. Yeah, having having said that, I only ever do two weeks. He's pushing the limit now to three, so fantastic. Looking forward to that one. As part of today's announcement, we're also pleased to announce the release of a new section of our website designed around the longer hikes that we have planned over the next four or five years. And and, and from my perspective, I do have pretty much a longer, and I won't say necessarily as long as the Bibbulmun track, but I do have a longer trip of at least sort of three weeks plus planned over the next three to four years each year. Um, So this 
um, new section of the the website called Journeys uh, will be where we home uh, the posts for these particular tracks. Now, this is hike is going to be just me, as Jill, as, as she mentioned, is preferring to spend time on the beach <laughs> with a friend rather than hiking for multiple weeks. And in the lead up to my start date in August, I'll be posting weekly about my progress in preparation for this long distance journey. And around about a week or two before I'm due to start, um, I'll go. I'll shift to daily posts, and I'll continue that and be posting on the trail daily, providing I have access to uh, to cell phone signal to be able to post. This will be the first of a series of podcasts on long distance hikes that I'll be releasing over the coming months in my lead up to the start of the trip, and I'll be providing information that will also apply equally to shorter trails. In addition, I'll be recording and releasing podcasts as I hike, so you can hear my highs and lows on the trail uh, in real time to gain an appreciation of what the Bibbleman track is like. Now, from my perspective, I first started listening to um, podcasts probably around about um, four years ago, um, and this was in relation to the Pacific Crest Trail. Uh, and I know in the US there are a number of different bloggers that were doing just um, uh, what I plan to be doing in that they were blogging their, blogging or posting their experiences as they went on the trail. And certainly for the big American long trails, you can go online and find any number of bloggers and podcasts who are posting on their trips. But there hasn't been anyone that's really done that in Australia. Um, so for us, this is an opportunity to help promote these tracks uh, and to um, give people a, a real-life experience about what they can expect on these trails themselves. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing the journey with you. Um, and as a bit of a pre-warning, if you happen to be on the trail in August, September, um, please come through and have a chat uh, because I'll be happy to talk to you uh, to, to see what your experiences are like on the trail as well. And you don't have to be doing the whole lot to be able to bump into Tim along along the way. Um, as as we mentioned in our uh, last podcast, uh, episode 64, you can do uh, the Bibbleman as a section hike as well. So you don't have to be as... Um, I don't know. Is it is the word crazy? Is crazy, crazy the word? I don't know. As Tim, probably extreme. I extreme, think extreme. Extremely crazy. <laughs> now I've already had um, someone I know that lives in Western Australia who said they're going to try and come down and and spend a day or two on the trail as well. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll now that I've actually announced this trip, he was uh, this this gentleman was aware that I was coming over. So I'll uh, uh, I'll hopefully. Uh, talk to him. In fact, I will be talking to him over the next month or so uh, and see where, where we might be able to bump into each other on the trail. So, so is this throwing out the challenge, is it? Is this? <laughs> now, in our next regular episode to be released next week, we're actually going to be discussing our next episode of Technology on the Trail, and we're going to be looking specifically at communication methods. Uh, so again, this will apply to both the long-distance trails as well as shorter trails. As always, you can listen to our podcasts through the Australian Hiker website, through Stitcher Radio, through SoundCloud and iTunes. If you have the chance, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for this week. Bye for now. And bye from me. <laughs>